Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about why would you need a CPA? And trust me, there are a lot of reasons. Joining me today is Susan Spears. She is the CEO of UACPA. So welcome to the show, Susan. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, Heather. All right. First, I want to clarify, UACPA stands for Utah Association of Certified Public Accountants. Yes. And you are sponsoring my show, which I love. Thank you very much. But you have a vested interest in having people hire CPAs. I don't think that's a bad thing in a lot of cases. Why don't we start with maybe one of the most basic reasons someone might need a CPA? You're right. There are millions of reasons, but I I think maybe one of the most basic reasons is if you have a major change in your financial picture, let's say as an individual, maybe you've had a death in the family and you're going to run into an inheritance. I mean, what, what does that look like to you? And maybe you're going to inherit a home. What, you know, do I have to pay tax on inheritance? Do I not? Is it different on the federal side and the state side? Um, you have a, you know, you have a child or you start a new business. I mean, starting a new business is always a great reason to hire a CPA. So those are just some very basic reasons. Yeah. Just sort of touching on starting a business last year, 2021 was the great resignation and it's actually continuing into this year as well. And so a lot of people during the pandemic, they took stock of what was really important to them. And a lot of people figured out it wasn't this job that I'm not happy at. So they quit, but they either started their own business or maybe they actually got a job making a lot more money and that can affect your taxes as well. Absolutely. And I think the great resignation, there are a lot of lessons for us to learn in. Listening to an article this morning, to your point, a lot of people, even here in the state of Utah, but nationally, have left their jobs and and are going to other jobs where they're making a lot more, sometimes not so much more. It was interesting, the statistic was that on average, they're making just under four and a half percent more. But one of the underlying things that we're looking at is people are really wondering about how relevant are the things that they're doing in the jobs they are working. So I think that we're going to see a huge increase in what's going on in the gig economy, i.e. those that are starting their own businesses. And maybe they're not just working for one company, but maybe they're doing work for several companies on their terms. 
So that would be not a floater. What do you call those people that can just work for a bunch of different companies? There may be consulting or... Consultants, yeah. I know that even within our own profession, we have CPAs that are, you know, have various specialties and they have opened up their own little practices and maybe all they do are tax provisions for big corporations or all they do are audits on specific type businesses. And they're not having to worry about all the other mundane stuff that they're doing in a day that's filling up their time that they seemingly seemingly think is a waste of time or it's not relevant to what they're doing. For myself, I get paid by a different company. They take all the taxes out for me. I don't have to deal with that. But if I then change, if I quit my job and I become a consultant or work for a bunch of different stations, they may not treat me as an actual employee. They'll treat me as a contract employee, which means they don't have to deal with the taxes, but I do. And if I've never done that before, that's a little bit confusing because now all of a sudden you've got all these W-9s coming in at you. And so I'm going to march myself right into your office, Susan, and be like, ah, help me. And that's true. I mean, and that's another thing that we see actually corporations doing is they are outsourcing their work. So you may go work for several different stations and then all of a sudden you are in charge of your own taxes. And not only is that your federal income tax, your state income tax, but your social security tax. So you have to ask yourself, and there are expenses to running your own business. Yeah. Whether it's driving from one station to another, whether it's buying your own sound equipment, setting up office, you you know, a million different things, regardless of what you're doing. So you have to say, well, can I deduct this for business purposes? Is this a write-off? How do I pay myself? How much do I need to save so that I'm not surprised at the end of the year? We deal with a lot of those surprises, let me tell you that. So that's just one that's fairly basic that I think a lot more people in the last year and a half or so are having to deal with than they have in previous years. And then you touched on death, but what are some other issues that might really confound someone that they might need to go to a CPA? Well, interestingly enough, divorce or marriage or both. We're, we're joining two people together and um, they have their own little set of finances and oftentimes those get merged. It comes into some of the estate planning and the financial planning. And so who better than that? We're the trusted source, if you will, because we're independent We want to see the win-win, you know, as we put somebody's financial life together. Often when you get married, sometimes you may, you may find yourself moving up a tax bracket or, or not. Those things you need to know though, you need to plan. If you bring a child into the family, what, what does that mean? A child with disabilities or what if I adopt? Is there an adoption credit anymore? We've talked a little bit about earned income tax credit before we started the show here. There's just a myriad of things that you need to be sitting down with a CPA and asking yourselves just to get some baseline advice Yeah, and some things that you can do moving forward. I have a friend who recently got divorced and they had a child 
And one of the things, the first year that my friend had to file taxes, she tried to put her son on her taxes, but her ex had beat her to it. And they had never had that discussion. Who's going to claim the child as their own personal write-off? Neither of them talked about it. And even though she had custody, he wrote the kid off. And so she was unable to, and she missed out on a bunch of money. Well, and I think that we're going to see a lot of that going on this year. It happens all the time. And I I know that if you're working with your CPA, if you are going through the unfortunate circumstance of a divorce, that's something, especially as a preparer, that we're going to say, okay, what does your divorce decree say about who's going to take the credit, who's going to claim the child and all this? Because if if it's written in the divorce decree, If the other spouse takes that child as a dependent and gets the child tax credit or with 2021, the advanced child tax credit, we at least have something that we can go back to the IRS. We can say, this is what the divorce decree said. This is what we need to do. You know, you need to move this credit over to the other spouse and pull it away from the spouse that took it that wasn't supposed to. If it's just hearsay, then you're out of luck. Okay, we need to take a break. When we come back, we'll go into some more options for people why you might want to consider checking out a CPA to file your taxes. We'll be right back with Susan Spears. She is the CEO of Utah Association of Certified Public Accountants. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that if it affects your life in any way money-wise, we're talking about it. And today we're talking about why you might need to go to a CPA to file your taxes this year, or any year for that matter. Joining me today is Susan Spears. She is the CEO of UACPA. All right, Susan, I want to go into what if my parents are ill and I decide to take them in and I am taking care of them? Or maybe I've become or have medical power of attorney either for their finances and their medical aid. How does that affect me and my taxes? Taking care of parents is a tough one. And and it can change depending upon where you are in your life. I mean, there's oftentimes we see it and, and I went through this myself. You know, I was taking care of parents and raising kids. And we often call that group of people the sandwich generation in the we're the middle. And then we have parents on one side that we're taking care of and kids on the other side. And especially if, if you're integrally involved with them, let's say your parents are living with you, you're taking care of their, their day-to-day care. You may qualify to take them as an exemption on your tax return, especially if they don't have other income coming in. I mean, if they are living with you partly because they really have no way to support themselves there could be some possibilities that you may be able to take them that's that's where you need to go talk to your cpa we see that often i mean social security does not take care of an individual especially if they're dealing with a lot of health problems and we're having to bring in home health care or they have other medical issues we really start running into a lot of challenges that it would be wise for an individual to visit with their CPA. Have you seen where if there are a couple of different siblings, maybe one of the children has medical power of attorney, but a different sibling has financial power of attorney? If that's split, how would that affect taxes? That can be really tough. 
tough on the siblings because if one has the financial power of attorney, one has the medical power of attorney, oftentimes we can see a little bit of tension in that the, the finance person wants to keep the money. The medical person wants to do what they can to keep their parent or loved one. And sometimes it's necessary to go sit down and meet with somebody, you know, whether it's the doctors included to what's the reality and even bring in legal because it doesn't often work well. It's usually the executor of the estate kind of has all those powers of attorneys. I mean, we do see where they're split up, but it's, it's really, it's really tough on everybody unless we know what the end game is. So that's one where you do need to spend some time with with the CPA and, and the, even the attorney, especially if all these have been drafted up and we have trusts and wills and we could really get deep in the weeds on this. <laughs> okay. We'll stop on that one for a minute. Are there any other slightly more complex issues? Because we've talked about some of the basics that I think a lot of people either have already dealt with or they're getting close to dealing with in their lives. What about some things that are maybe a little bit unusual that we don't often think about, but is definitely a reason to go see a CPA? Well, I think if we stay on the, we continue with our senior citizens, if you will. I mean, if you're over 65, our senior citizens get an extra some extra added to their standard deduction, if you will, and some credits for being blind. I think that as we, you know, each phase of life, we have something, we have new challenges. As we're talking about estates and getting older and power of attorneys and everything, it's always a good thing to visit with your CPA and just, you know, what do, what really do I have in my estate? Is my house part of my estate? Is my debt part of my estate? Do I need a will? Do I need a trust? Those are all good reasons for you to go visit with the CPA and and really lay things out and get that guidance and start that path so that you've got some direction. Yeah, you actually just brought up something. What if I have a parent that is in debt? They've filed bankruptcy several times in their lives and they're sort of barely making it. What if they pass away? Do I inherit their debt along with their house? Well, if there's debt on the house, then then the bank's probably going to want you to sell the house to, to pay it off. I have seen, even when I had my own practice, that I had one individual who had actually put their kids on the, on the mortgage, unbeknownst to the kids. I don't know how this happened. So when the parent passed away, all of a sudden the, the kids, they had a call on the note. And so it's another reason to go visit with somebody. If you're on your parents' accounts, your their credit cards or whatever, and they pass, yeah, you could be liable. So you want to keep that separation. Wow. Huh. All right. What else do you want to shock me with? <laughs> well, I've probably done enough in the shock value. It is shocking. And this is why it is important that you do connect with a CPA. You do find someone that you can trust and because these aren't easy things to talk about. I mean, you're kind of burying your soul, if you will. And um, as CPAs, I mean, we are we are independent and we do hold those conversations confidentially, which is one of the nice things. Yeah, I have appreciated some of our talks and you've helped me through of understanding some issues that they either have happened in my life or I can see that they are going to be coming soon. 
Before we go to break, is there anything else you think we should know or be prepared for before we even go in to see a CPA? Yeah, but ask the questions. I would, I would, I would advise ask the questions. Go in prepared when you either meet with them virtually, make that phone call or in person or whatever that looks like. But you know what? Have, your, have a list of questions written out. Have your homework ready and be prepared to have a good discussion. We'll be right back with Susan Spears. She is the CEO of Utah Association of Certified Public Accountants. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we have been talking with Susan Spears. She is the CEO of Utah Association of Certified Public Accountants. Susan, we have discussed some of the basic reasons why you may want to go talk to a CPA to get your taxes done. I want people to understand the difference between a CPA, a certified public accountant, and just going to someone who says tax preparer. I mean, I could qualify as a tax preparer. I've done a lot of my friend's taxes before. I have my certification in bookkeeping. I am not a certified public accountant. So why should people be wary of coming to me versus going to you? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is as CPAs, we are licensed and we are held to a very high standard, if you will. We've got to maintain regular continuing education. We're kept up to date with, I mean, if we're practicing in tax, we are staying up to date in the tax regulations that are going on throughout the year, not just one, three, three and a half month period when everybody's filing their taxes. As we're being regulated, I mean, we're reapplying for our licenses. We're having to report our training. And on top of the tax services that we're giving, oftentimes we're tax strategizing with our clients at the same time. So, you know, I may be filing your 2021 tax income taxes, but as I'm going through that process, I'm looking at things that could either, number one, save you money in the future, or number two, trends that I'm seeing that we need to discuss, you know, if if you're coming into retirement in the next 10 or so years, and I've noticed over the years that you're not putting enough away, I'm probably going to say something to you about it. You know, you know we need to have this conversation. What are you doing and how, how are you preparing yourselves? You know, so we can provide those tax planning aspects. We can look at any business transactions you're doing. We have that, we have that more technical training that just a tax preparer does not. Yeah. And one of the things I have a few friends that have small businesses and mm-hmm. they have taken out the PPP loans. I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole, you know? So it's like, no, you got to go talk to somebody else. Cause I have very little understanding. I mean, I understand what a PPP is and I get what the purpose is, but there were so many changes and First, it was for employees, 500 employees or less, and then they changed it to 100 and less. And then I think they changed how much income you could have. And there was just so many changes that happened with that. Well, you know, there was a couple rounds. I mean, you talk about PPP. There were a couple rounds of PPP loans that came out and different qualifications for those. And then that started in 2020. And then in 2021, we went through the forgiveness of those loans. So if you didn't go through the forgiveness process, then you're probably paying back on a PPP loan. Well, the forgiveness, that means that at the federal level that we're not going to pay tax on the federal side 
But some states, you will be paying taxes on the forgiveness of the PPP loan at the state level. Not all states. We have that little thing that we've got to deal with. And how do you reconcile that? And then if we want to complicate things further, you know, most people that took out PPP loans, there were a lot of sole proprietors, if you will, kind of one-man shops. But many of these loans went through S-corporations or little LLCs, pass-through entities, if you will. So that forgiveness of the loan would flow through those, you would get what's called a K-1. So to complicate things further, you know, you know what, if, what if you close on a PPP loan in one state, but use the monies for business that you have in another state? The COVID regulations that were drafted by our federal government, they're not easy to go through. I mean, they're very complicated and complex. And CPAs, we've had, I, I know for myself personally, I've gone through some of these trainings almost weekly just so that I can stay up on things for our own membership. So yeah. it's pretty complicated. Definitely. And it is not something I would want to take to a tax preparer. Not that they're horrible necessarily, but they're more in the realm of they're just checking the boxes, the mm-hmm. same boxes that they see from 95% of mm-hmm. you know the general customer. If you are not one of those 95% people, you don't want to go there because you're going to miss out on a lot of things. Right. I mean, there was just, there was just a lot that went on. I mean, you know, we talk about PPP loans, but let's bring it home to, to, a you know, to many of us. I mean, how many of our taxpayers received this advanced child tax credit that started going out in July? Oh yeah. I mean, we're seeing stuff even today on the news that what the IRS sent out a letter 6419 in January, everyone should be receiving it by the end of January 2022. Well, what we're finding and what we're seeing is the amounts listed on that letter may not match what they have on their IRS account if they were to pull it up. I mean, you, you can pull up your own IRS portal, if you will, or they may not match what you actually received. So, you know, how do you reconcile all that? And, and what are the steps that you go through? I mean, that this is something that affects many, many, 85% of those that have kids within the nation. So another reason to go see your CPA. Yeah. So basically 85% of the U S population should be heading to the CPA this year at the very least. It very well could be just, just because of the advanced child tax credit. And then like we talked earlier in the podcast, if the wrong person received the advanced child credit because they didn't list on their divorce documents who was supposed to receive what, then we have another mess that we've got to help you, you know, that we, yes. that we need to walk our clients through to clean up. And a tax preparer, unfortunately, will not be able to help you with most of that or any right. of it. All right. Any other big issues that we need to cover for why we should be seeing a CPA? Well, I think that we've probably given everyone a, a good dose of reality as to the why. I, I do think, as we've discussed, you know, even if you haven't seen one in the past, it's probably not a bad idea to visit visit a CPA as you have life changes going on or as your financial situation changes. We te- we are independent. I mean, we're not making commissions and and all that kind of stuff. So we really do have the we do have the taxpayers' interests 
at heart as well as just as well as just the individual as you're dealing with other issues that are going on. Right. Now you did mention you're not on commission, but we're not getting this help for free either. So right. what would you say is a general range just so that people know they aren't being taken if they go to I think that's a fear for a lot of people they may not understand what the cost is to a CPA and how do I know somebody isn't overcharging me? That's a hard one because you can go onto our website, uacpa.org to find a CPA. You can also look them up on the Department of Professional Licensing website, you know, state of Utah or any, or any other state to make sure that they really are real, that they are licensed, that there are no complaints against them. Um, it kind of depends on the complexity of what they're doing. I mean, you may pay, you know, I hear anywhere from $200 on up for, for a tax return, depending upon the complexity. Um, it's hard to say an hourly range, but I would ask that as part of your due diligence, as you look for a CPA, interview them. You're going to be working with them. You're going to be sharing with them information that you don't share with very many other people. So you need to be comfortable with, with whom you're engaging to do that work. And it's not an unfair question for you to say, so how much do you think, how much do you think I'm going to have to pay to have you prepare my taxes? That's not unreasonable at all. Yeah, I can see that now. If for me, my basic issues would be how am I doing for my retirement? What, anything that I need to change up, but pretty much everything else is basic. I don't have a ton of investments that rate for me is probably going to be less than the person who has a ton and a half of investments. Maybe they have the child divorce issue going on, the advanced child credits that have been issued this last year. Just so many exemptions, one after another, or things that you can write off or just complications, that might cost you a little bit more Mm -hmm. for a CPA. Right. All right. Anything else that you want the listeners to know about why we should visit a CPA before filing our taxes this year? I think that if you have any questions regarding what you're doing now or transactions that you did the year before or things that you're contemplating in the future, why not have the conversation as you're, as you're having your taxes prepared so that we can, the seeds can be planted and as things happen, you're developing that relationship And if there are some unknowns, you know, you can find out now or be led down a different track for tax savings down the road or as you prepare for retirement or whatever, um, have the conversation now. Thank you, Susan Spears. You are the CEO of UACPA. And to find you, again, it's uacpa.org. If anybody's looking for a certified public accountant and aren't sure exactly where to turn to, they can use you. And that's for the state of Utah. UACPA is Utah Association of Certified Public Accountants. But there's that type of a branch in pretty much every state in the U.S., correct? Yes, every state has their own organization. Okay, so you just look that up and you should be able to find a CPA that's right for you. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.